This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It is 52 degrees at 9.04. Forecast for today, still some patches of fog hanging in there. Mostly sunny today, a high in the mid-70s. They've been doing some painting of crosswalks in downtown Binghamton. So watch out, you might have some barricades up as they're preparing for the Columbus Day festivities, apparently. So watch out for possible detours or workarounds where they're working on some of the crosswalk painting downtown. Cortland County Sheriff's officials say they've arrested a town of Solon man on accusations he sexually abused a child last year, 30-year-old Jason Riley was arrested October 2nd and charged with felony criminal sexual act and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child in connection with alleged sexual contact with a juvenile between the months of June and September of last year. A news release from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office does not reveal if there was one or if there were several alleged incidents of inappropriate contact suspected during that time. Riley was arraigned Monday, released on his own recognizance, ordered to appear in town of Solon Court later on this month. There had been a power issue at Oakdale Commons, formerly the Oakdale Mall, overnight, and that had prompted the county to issue a delay in opening of the county offices that are in the old Sears building. That power issue has been resolved. Now we're hearing from the county that those offices that are located up at the Oakdale Mall will open in about an hour. Construction crews are busy with another railroad bridge project on a heavily traveled street in Broome County. Workers from L.C. Whitford Company of Wellsville have started the rehabilitation on the span that carries the Norfolk Southern Railway over Brandywine Avenue in Binghamton. The rehabilitation project focuses on the bridge supports which are obviously crumbling. The railroad bridge itself is not being replaced. The shoulder between Henry and Eldred Streets is being closed while the work is being done. Officials with the project say construction operations could affect the flow of traffic in that area, but there should be no need for a detour. Drivers are urged to slow down and use caution while traveling through that area. The Johnson City School District is looking for people interested in helping to form diversity, equity, and inclusion policy in the schools. According to the district website, the schools and equity leadership group are looking for applicants from the area to join the new steering committee. Notice from Superintendent Eric Race says the committee, quote, will explore factors and raise potential issues that may contribute to inequities while determining suggested approaches to implement positive change. The information gathered and recommendations will be submitted by the steering committee to the superintendent and the Board of Education. The team will serve for the 2022-23 school year. The final task force is to have between 12 and 20 members and will consist of Johnson City School District faculty, staff, students, parents, The district officials say the goal is to ensure every child in the district has a chance to excel, and that is no matter what their social economic status may be. The information in an application can be found at www.jcschools.com. WMBF News Time 908. 
Well, as we mentioned, the Columbus Day festivities are going to be getting way underway on Monday. That tradition that has marched through the center of downtown Binghamton for over 60 years is prepared to step off again. City officials have announced the details of the annual Columbus Day Tournament of Bands competition and parade and the Italian festival that takes place next to Boscov's department store. Mayor Jared Cram says there will be a half dozen schools from the region competing for trophies in marching precision, music, drum major, and color guard categories. The day begins with the raising of the Italian flag at 9 a.m. at Binghamton City Hall with a performance by Tri-Cities opera singer Kyrie Laybourne. The parade that is traditionally a chance for candidates for political office to also be seen at the start of the procession starts at 10 a.m. That kicks off near the intersection of Main Street and Arthur Streets west of Binghamton High School. In addition to high school marching units and the politicians, local Italian fraternal organizations, police and fire agencies take part along with local sports teams, antique vehicle clubs and other groups. First District Binghamton City Councilman Giovanni Scaringi is this week, this year's Grand Marshal. High school marching bands are judges. They pass the reviewing stand on Court Street between Water Street and Gorgeous Washington Street. The parade ends at the lawn of the Broome County Courthouse and the downtown roundabout. Now, motorists, take note that Court Street will be closed Monday prior to the parade. Side streets will also be closed off in the neighborhood around the high school for parade staging. There will be pauses in the traffic on the side streets off Court Street during the parade, and Water Street is closed off for the street festival. They usually close that off on Sunday night. WMBF News Time 909. Hey, it's the WMBF. It's 912, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. We go Thursday morning with Bob Joseph live and local at News Radio WNBF. A little bit of fog around the area, maybe some frost on your pumpkin, whatever other thing you left outside uncovered. It's the danger this time of year. Pay attention to the forecast. Coming up on our program, we'll be taking your phone calls. We also. We'll start things off talking about gas prices ripped from the headlines. Big headline on the front page of the New York Times this morning. Saudi and Russia agree to oil cuts in jab at the West. So what will this mean for gasoline prices in Binghamton and beyond? We will talk with Patrick DeHaan, the Gas Buddy Guy from GasBuddy.com. He monitors oil and gasoline prices in the U.S. and around the world. And we will talk with our Gas Buddy Guy live coming right up here at News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Always available free on the WNBF app. WNBF, WNBF.com, Bob Joseph in Binghamton. Joined now by Patrick DeHaan from GasBuddy.com. 
Industries. Uh, keeping very close tabs on pricing trends for petroleum around the world and the potential impact here in the United States. Good morning, Mr. DeHaan. Good to have you on this morning. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Good to be with you. So the headline on the front page of the New York Times pretty much uh, sums it up. Saudis and Russia agree to oil cuts in jab at the West. Biden to tap reserve as moved by cartel lifts crude prices. So as we look forward to the, um, the final quarter of 2022, what might all this mean for people in the U.S. and, and even more specifically in, in upstate New York? Well, I think it's time to dig just a little bit deeper. Uh, gas prices in New York State are, are down about uh, uh, $0.04 cents a gallon in the last week, but we're going to start going back up here. I noticed that some stations in Binghamton already at three sixty nine a gallon, um, most of them, I would say probably that's three sixty nine a gallon. Um, oil prices are up ten dollars a barrel. This decision was confirmed yesterday, uh, but had been rumored for the last week, and that's why oil prices had gone up prior to the decision by about eleven dollars a barrel. We had bottomed out at seventy seven. This morning we're closer to eighty eight, and so actually even before the decision was official, you could say that motorists were starting to be impacted already with the rise in price. Why is that? Well. Kind of the same reason that you don't wait until a hurricane's on top of you to evacuate. If the forecasts say it's coming in seven days, you evacuate ahead of time. The markets react in the same way. Once something becomes rumored, um, once something becomes understood that it's going to happen, you react to it. And so we're seeing oil prices go up and gas prices are likely to follow. I would estimate that the OPEC decision would have an impact on gas prices of roughly 10 to 30 cents a gallon, somewhere in there. Now, it's interesting. I always try to put things in some sort of historic context. And um, for one thing, on my way in uh, just uh, about 10 minutes ago on Front Street in Binghamton, the so-called low-price leader, one of those mom-and-pop uh, shops, still has a posted cash price of three forty-nine for regular at the moment. I look back on my numbers from exactly 10 years ago today in the Binghamton market. Uh, they were selling regular gas for four oh five a gallon. So even with higher prices now than a year ago, historically, a motorist in, in Binghamton are, are getting something of a pretty good deal, especially when you take into account inflation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, statewide, the average price is um, only, I guess, up about 24 cents from last year. The national average, for comparison, by the way, is up 60 cents from last year. So it could be worse, Bob, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, we were, what, earlier this year talking about $5 prices, and things have improved. We're going a little bit the other way, but I don't think it's time to freak out and panic. I, I do think OPEC is a little overzealous and and. and cutting production. Global inventories remain very tight. And, you know, OPEC obviously has its best interests at heart, uh, but I can't help but feel that this may be a little bit politically motivated as well. As far as the um, other factor, at least for people, say, in Broome County, which is Binghamton and also uh, New York State, soon, in several weeks, some of the uh, uh, sales tax breaks that were implemented a few months ago, I believe they took effect uh, in June, those will be coming off, and that also means uh, prices are, are likely to go up at least uh, a few cents or several cents a gallon when that happens. 
Yeah, exactly right. Uh, it probably will be much faster that prices go up after the end of the tax holiday than they went down when the holiday was implemented. And yet another factor, I, I mean, it's amazing when, when you consider how many things can affect the price of, of oil and gasoline here in the U.S. And, and globally, but we're not out of the hurricane season. So far, uh, U.S. Um, refinery infrastructure has been fairly fairly unscathed, but that doesn't mean that uh, in the next week or two or the next uh, month or so that that something uh, a, a big hurricane or tropical situation couldn't knock out some refineries and and cause further problems yeah that's right we are still in the midst of hurricane season and by the way speaking of refineries it's been a tumultuous year the west coast has seen prices jump 75 cents to a dollar 50 a gallon on refinery outages the great lakes has seen two refinery fires in the last month a good reminder that we remain very susceptible because of a million barrel per day drop in refining capacity from where we were prior to COVID. And a lot of that is because of Hurricane Ida, which damaged uh, tremendously a Phillips refinery in Louisiana. And keep in mind the 2019 fire at the refinery at Philadelphia Energy Solutions in Philadelphia. That refinery completely shut down and, and be, has been dismantled. So the problem isn't necessarily just with oil, right? We have lots of oil. The problem is turning that oil into gasoline and that's where a lot of people there's a disconnect there right people look at the price of oil and they say oil's going down why are gas going up or oil went up ten dollars why is gas going up 50 cents because they forget that that oil has to be run through a refinery and if there's a choke point at refineries you can have all the oil in the world and you can be basically you know seeing uh, gasoline could be ten dollars a gallon if there's nobody to refine it are there refineries right now that are offline, not because of anything catastrophic, but because uh, a listener a few days ago wanted me to ask you uh, about uh, refineries that might be offline for maintenance that might not really be necessary at this time? Do you see any evidence of that? Well, no, I don't. Um, and because prices for gasoline are so high, no refinery in their right mind would want to be offline right now. Right, that that would be like saying, "Oh, hey, um, I'll give you five million dollars for your house. Do you want it? Who's going to turn that down?" And that's what refineries essentially would be turning down is one of the most profitable times because of a shortage of refining capacity. They would be foregoing one of the most profitable years for for refining that we've ever seen. So now I will say that according to the EIA, which tracks uh, idle refineries, now this was updated in June. It's updated once a year. According to the Energy Information Administration, there are 125 operating refineries. Five of them, or excuse me, five additional on top of that, are idle. But that could include refineries like the one I mentioned in Louisiana that shut down because of incredible damage. The refinery's still there. It's just not operating because it needs billions in repairs. The Strategic Oil Reserve has been tapped uh, by uh, President Biden already uh, to try to stabilize prices this year. It looks like it may happen again. If that happens, will that make much of a difference in what's going on at the at the pump? Well, it could. I, I think of the SPR lately as more like the strategic price uh, regulation is using this this cache of oil. Uh, to, to reduce prices. Now, I will say, Bob, too, for your listeners, is that President Trump also 
wanted to cut down the SPR by close to half when he was president. He actively looked into it. So, you know, I like be devil's advocate here is that President Trump already had looked into cutting the SPR in half, and now President Biden is releasing or has released about 200 million barrels from a year ago. When those releases end, uh, it certainly could drive prices up, um, uh, maybe not substantially, uh, depending on how the economy goes. If the economy continues to slow down, we may not need as much oil. Um, but having said that, you know, the president is now talking about easing sanctions on Venezuela. I think that's somewhat of a mistake. I, I, I think we should, and I think it would take the president to, to swallow a little bit of pride, but I think the president should figure out how to do more here in the United States. Not that he, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, he, he stifled the industry. Well, his words have maybe stifled the industry, but the, the industry is being a little soft here, right? Is that they have the potential to do it. And, and keep in mind, oil production today in the U.S. is still amongst the highest in history. We're within, we're within about uh, a million barrels of hitting our pre-COVID levels, and we're still higher than Trump's first two years in office. So to say that there's no oil production or we lost our energy uh, security is not true, but he could be doing more as well. So gas prices uh, in the Binghamton area right now are, are starting to generally be around 360, 369 a gallon. Yeah. A month from now, what do you think people in Binghamton might, might expect? I think you'll be a little higher, maybe 10 to 20 cents a gallon. Uh, based on what I know now, of course, things do change. And if there's any refinery outages, you know, or changes to the geopolitical climate or changes in in uh, OPEC stance, that could be different. But I do think we may go up a little bit over the next month. Having said that, if there's more of an economic slowdown, we could go on the other side. Bob, what I'm saying is I think this is the best guess, but I think uh, we remain in this era of incredible volatility, and anything can change things by not inches, but more like miles. So my best guess is that we'll be a little bit higher a month from now, but not much. Hate to sound cynical, and I, I don't want to end things on a cynical note, but sadly I must uh, in this case. Do you think politics will play into this? Because the the midterm elections are coming up in just over four weeks. You think after the midterms are, are uh, past us, do you think there will be less pressure on elected officials to uh, to try to stabilize gasoline prices because there wouldn't be necessarily any any mm -hmm. quick quick payoff politically yeah, yeah they're, they're they're very well made bob and 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 before anyone who's politically motivated says oh the other side does this both parties do it right the, the, for people that say the president used the spr to lower oil prices well interestingly enough the governor in georgia extended a gas tax holiday until three days after the election so before we say one side does it, they both do it. But I'm hopeful that after November, we will hear less of the political garbage that we hear about prices, because much of this is still the free market system working, uh, sometimes in the way we don't like it, sometimes in the way we do like it. Politicians like to think they can wrangle control out of everything, but they really are powerless against oil. And I think you're going to hear a lot of finger pointing on both sides of the aisle, depending on what state you're in. Uh, hopefully that will die down after the midterms. Patrick DeHaan, our Gas Buddy guy from GasBuddy.com. Thank you as always. Thanks, Bob. 928, we're live and local on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. You want.
WNBF, WNBF.com. Morning, it's Bob Joseph with you on a Thursday. I'm joined now by Reva Mack from Action for Older Persons. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to our, our program. Well, gosh, it's that time of year again. Open enrollment time is uh, approaching and means quite a, uh, uh, quite a bit for many of our listeners. Many of our listeners uh, either look forward to it or maybe they sometimes dread open enrollment because it, it can be complicated. Give our listeners a little overview of uh, what's ahead and how action for older persons may be able to assist. Um, It is right around the corner, like you said. It starts October 15th and runs through December 7th. It's the time of year when uh, Medicare recipients can make a change for next year. Uh, It's always a great idea to look at those plans. People say, well, I'm I'm comfortable in what I have. Um, You should get your your notice of benefits in September um, to bring to your attention any changes. Um, But it's always a good idea just to take that extra look, make sure there's not something more comprehensive out there for you um, that might better fit your needs based on the the services you use, the medicines you need covered, things of that nature. Um, so we can help do that. We have individual appointments that we do. Um, the During COVID, we realized um, we could do over the phone as well as in person. So we do provide both those um, those avenues. Um, we have been taking calls and are, are filling up quickly. Um, so I, I do urge people to call in to us to, to schedule an appointment. Um, like I said, those can be over the phone or in person. Um, so we can go through based on, on the person. We put their meds in, their pharmacies, um, and look and see what will be the best fit for them, see if there's a change that could be made that might be a better, uh, better choice for them. So you mentioned some people might be inclined just to leave well enough alone i I think some people whether whether it's uh, at open enrollment time or other potential times when they can make adjustments and things uh, just say well i guess it's okay it seems to be okay now and they are somewhat oblivious to things that that may have changed over the past year or two so i i think your your point about uh getting an accurate and current assessment of things is uh, is very important. I, I very much believe so. That 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 is um I, I've been going um to all the senior centers recently to just make sure people people know to to be looking at things, just make sure they know to be um just having having an extra set of eyes on on what's going on. Um it's always a good thing to to know. Um the best the thing that I say is um, so you schedule an appointment and don't make a change. You at least looked at it and and saw if there was anything you could have done. Um, so you might look at it and decide you don't want to change anything, and that's okay. Um, but you might look at it and see that you, you could get something that might fit you better. So if people would like to get more information or schedule an appointment, what could they do? Sure. Um, so people can look um, at our website um, for a number if they do not write this down, but they could call us at 607-722-1251. Um, like I said, we are, are, are booking quickly, so I urge um, people to do that as, as soon as they can. Um, I also just wanted to, um, these are a little outside of the open enrollment part, um, but I wanted to um, just let folks know um, there are a few changes on the horizon as well. Um, the Part B premium um, 
or partly deductible rather, is going to be going down actually um, to 226 next year. Um, and the Part B premium, which was 170.10 that everyone pays, is going down to 164.90. Um, so people should see that change um, this in this coming year in 2023. Um, so that that was uh, a good news to hear. Um, and another good news piece was. Um, there's a change in the limits for MSPs, Medicare Savings Programs, um, and Medicaid. So the limits are going up quite significantly. Um, so in the new year, we really urge people, um, if they're close this year, those programs can really help people that are low income and that need extra supports um, and, and, and are, are really looking um, to try to help themselves. Um, we, we urge people to look at that in the new year, those numbers. Like I said, um, we can screen people for those different programs and try to just help um, save them save them their Part B premium um, and maybe get them some better pricing on meds um, and things of that nature. Reva Mack from Action for Older Persons in Vestal. Thank you very much for joining us on News Radio WNBF. All right. Thank you, and have a good day. You too. 9.36, I'm Bob Joseph. It is a Thursday morning. A little bit of fog. Little bits. Actually, in some places, a lot. It's interesting to see of the transition going from near zero visibility to beautiful sunshine. So probably a, a foggy condition if you're going to be traveling for the next couple of hours. So be prepared. If you're going around at 119 miles an hour, you might want to slow down so you don't slam into a state police car running speed enforcement. Find yourself on the pages of the Daily News. I know you're saying, but Bob, we would never. I know, you would never. Coming up, more calls, so if you have an inclination to call us, you certainly are welcome to do so, 607-772-1290. You can also send an email to bob at wnbf.com. Everybody talks about cars. I can't tell you how often I wind up having conversations involving cars, used cars and new cars and RVs or SUVs and uh, minivans and I mean everything it is amazing every t- everywhere I go well I'm going to get a car well then get a car at Miller Auto Team that's where you get cars and other vehicles uh, the Hondas and the Hyundais ask what they can do for you they'll give you the lay of the land Some vehicles may be on the way, and you might be able to stake your claim to something brand new. Also, they have a good selection of previously owned vehicles. Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal, directly across from Binghamton University. They'll be open tonight till 7. So, if you want a vehicle, a car, a truck, SUV, a minivan, just about anything you could possibly imagine. They can help you out. They can help provide dependable, reliable transportation for you and your family. So we approach the winter driving months. Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. It's 939. Bob Joseph on WNBF. 
The phones are going 607-772-1290. Dave from Vestal. Good morning. You're on Good morning. the air. Good morning, sir. Hey, Bob, I got I to gotta find out from you. Did you notice on Patrick's, uh, his feeble attempt to justify uh, Biden raiding our, our, our oil reserves again just because Trump thought about it at one time? Did you notice that? <laughs> Did you notice? Hey, you know, I think he's doing a great job. And I think the other thing is, I was impressed. I mean, this is the this is the dark Brandon that we have been expecting. Did you see his performance there in Florida yesterday? I mean, even even the cynics were taken taken aback by by his blunt tone when he was in Florida, trying to prove that he ain't going to be. Excuse the expression, English teachers. He ain't going to be taking this. I can't say the rest of it, but you know. So, yeah, as far as uh, trying to control gasoline prices for political reasons, yeah, as Patrick DeHaan said, they all do it. They all do it. Well, he's thinking about doing it now a second time. Bob, isn't that sad? We're jeopardizing our national security. We're going to tap in again. It's very important that we have that reserve, and he's going to tap into it for politics only. It's not that he actually cares what we pay for gas. None of the Democrats care what we pay. Why do you think the Republicans? Where did you get the impression that the former guy or even the pillow guy cared what we pay for gas? They don't have to care because they're billionaires. No, they they definitely care because they they want to continue with fossil fuel. They're not in a war with fossil fuel, so it's going to automatically be down. It's not going to be high. When the Democrats are done done with the the, the midterms, the elections, but when they're over with, they're going to go back to their fossil fuel war. Everything will be sky high, and they don't care. They want us to buy electric cars. Why don't they just buy them for everybody if they want us to have them? No, you know. Who should buy? You know who should buy them for everybody? Oprah. You get an electric car. You get an electric car. Dave and Vestal. You get a Yugo. Uh, the Buffalo Bills owner. He had a pitch in too. And, and, and don't get me started. Him, You're trying to push my button. Don't you dare! Don't you dare talk about those billionaire Bills owners who live in Florida. <laughs> You're know, just trying to get on my bad side. Well, I'm not going to fall for it, Dave from Vestal. <laughs> but anyways, Bob, no, it, it, it's definitely political, but it's a shame. It, 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 the oil reserves are important. I know. And they are. Hey, I didn't. Hey, he didn't. Brandon didn't ask me. If he asked me, I would have said, leave your hands off those strategic petroleum reserves, my friend. That's what I would tell him. But you know what? The former guy at least called me. The Scranton guy never has called me. So 
If you're scoring at home, the former guy won, the Scranton guy nothing, because at least the former guy called here before he was even the former guy, when he was still a guy. Bob, uh, answer me this. If he was, uh, you know, by raiding it again, if he was to keep maybe 10, 20 cents down more on the oil or our gas prices, you think that would matter in the election? That's not going to matter. No, no, the Republicans are taking charge, baby. And nothing can stop the Republicans from taking charge of the House and then impeaching Brandon probably 20, 50 times next year. They might have an impeachment app so they could impeach him on the every hour on the hour. Don't be, but he would never be convicted because he hasn't done anything wrong. Don't be so sure about it because they have a, they've been known, especially the rhinos, when they've been handed things, they've found ways to screw things up. The Republicans aren't, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say they aren't geniuses. But <laughs> well, well, just between you and me, I, I, I think, we'll just say, how, how could we put it this way, delicately, without trying to impugn anyone's uh, reputation? We'll just say, yeah, their record, their record speaks for itself. True. Okay, that's that's, true. that's where we'll agree. And you're right. You know, they they have the potential, I think, to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. You know, but we'll see. I mean, I know I'll be staying up late on election night, November eighth, with. A giant bucket of popcorn with simulated butter sauce or whatever that is at the theater cell. Mm-mm-mm. And, of course, a diet moxie because I'm trying to be healthy. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Hello, my friend. How you doing? Super. What's up? Well, you asked me about the ballot, and I got it Friday. Oh, good. And I, I signed it, and I... Uh, Mailed that out Saturday. All right, so you're all set. Yeah, I wound up in the hospital for my breathing. Mm, okay. The, the doctor sent me. All right, but it sounds like you're uh, uh, feeling pretty chipper this morning. I don't feel like dancing, but I feel like singing. Same here, but I'm going to spare. I don't feel like dancing. I feel like singing, but I'm going to spare the viewers the... The shock and awe of me doing a Why, live performance. They might, they might get jealous. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm a, I'm a regular. Did you ever sing when you were younger? I have. I did. I even now did occasionally. I? I used to well. sing at Andre's. I don't know whether you remember that or not. Where was it? Andre's on Clinton Street. Oh, no, it was I, a bar. I, okay. Well, I never had a chance to. To check it out. But that's when Clinton Street was Clinton Street, my friend. Yeah, Clinton Street. Oh, and when you went into Phillies, oh, man. First thing we run was for the popcorn. Oh, oh that, don't get me started on popcorn. Oh, the popcorn. Yeah. Oh, that. Now, that's when popcorn was popcorn. I don't even. Yeah, today, oh. it, it, it's not as good as it was. When when uh, Philly's made out. No. No, it's not. Anyway, did you ever meet Masti Huba? Yes, I did. Really? I, you what, I was a young girl. He sang happy birthday in German to me. Yep. 
Masti Huba, you're telling me Masti Huba sang happy birthday to you when you were a girl? Yeah, when I was about seven years old. Oh, my. You know, you know, uh, he'd, do, uh, he'd do anything to get a meal. Uh, he'd rake your grass or or he'd, or he'd uh, do your garden or something like that just to get some food. Yeah. Said he also. I didn't didn't have no. My mother and father didn't have no problem with him. I mean, he'd come up. Some people would would be real, real rude to him, you know, but. Well, says Jerry Smith wrote a story in the press newspaper, and it said that. Uh, his daily routine focused on mooching drinks in his favorite bars while entertaining customers by playing the spoons, shuffle dancing, and singing yep. humorous and sometimes off-color songs he made up himself. Yeah, he, uh, he used to do th- things for people. One day, uh, I can't remember, somebody had a, a shoes that they didn't like, and, and they told him to go to so-and-so's house. The guy gave it to him. Well, I never had a chance to meet Masti Huba, but I'm uh, glad you did. Oh, uh, he, he, I got a, I got a picture of him. There used to be a, a, a shoe shine guy up on Clinton Street, and he had a, 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 he had a picture of him, and he made me a copy of it, a Masti Huba. Yeah, yeah, he gave me a picture of. It. He says. Uh, this was back in 2000, because, because uh, uh, I liked that picture. I said, you want to sell it? He says, oh, no. He said, that was given to me many, many years ago. And he said, I treasure that. And I said, so do I, because he he's saying happy birthday to me in German. Beverly, thanks for the memories. Oh man, he was he was a uh, well he he was a people called him people called him a bum or or whatever the kind of names they called him you know but but if you asked him if you asked him if he could do something for you he do it yeah Masti Huba a legend. In the first word. Thank you very much, Beverly. Hope you have a great day. Okay, thank you. 952 WNBF, WNBF.com. Larry from Kirkwood. Good morning. Ooh, that's a different name. Masti Huba. I never, I never heard that one before. Really? I want to call myself Masti Joseph. <laughs> hey, tell Beverly, save the first dance for me. I'd consider it not a <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the weather. It's going to be nice today, Bob. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, I'm going to sit outside for a while, baby. I'd oh, like yeah. to sit outside, but they told me I have to go out and as soon as I'm done here, when they unlock my r- radio cage, as soon as they unlock the cage at noon, they told me to go out and report some local news. So I don't mind going out on a nice day, but I, I wish... I wish I could just be hanging out on the deck having a diet moxie or two. Oh. But oh I don't well. think you've ever had moxie before. Well, you better get some. You've you mentioned that so many times that 
Maybe one day I'll go get some. I think you should. Yeah. All right. Okay, my man. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you. Tina from Shenango. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. So I like the roundabout on uh, Front Street. We, you were in discussion of that a couple weeks ago. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, I do too. I agree. Um, but I have a question for you, and I don't. I'm hoping you have an answer. Do you know if they're going to put street lights around the roundabout? I was passing through there, going to work the other day at five thirty in the morning, and it is dark. It's dark around those roundabouts. Do you know if they plan on putting lighting around them? Don't know, but maybe I'll call the DOT guy and ask to see if he could find out for us. Yeah, because I tried to go on their website and get some more information about the project, and I couldn't get anywhere with it. Right. But I absolutely love them. I, I think that's just a, a great thing that they put into the town, town of Dickerson. I think it's fantastic. I think it's, um, in, in my view... And I know my view is shared by millions of other Americans. The more roundabouts, the merrier. Yeah, yeah. You know, get rid of the traffic lights and, and the problems that they have when electric goes out and whatnot. And the traffic just flows nicely. And I know a lot of people, I work downtown. I do the, I work for the city. I do all the flowers around the roundabout downtown. And it's surprising, Bob, how many people find the roundabouts frustrating. There's nothing frustrating about it. Oh, you're the one who, who helps to beautify our, our roundabout there at Court and Shenango? Yes. yes oh, yes. thank you. I think I've spoken <laughs> with you before when, when you've been out in previous years, like, say, it's springtime, getting things all cleaned up yeah. after the winter. Thank you for the work that you, I know you put a lot of effort into it at the roundabout and elsewhere downtown. And trust me, I notice it and I appreciate it. Why, thank you so much. I love what I do. and It's nice, peaceful work. But going back to that roundabout on Core Street, you'd be surprised if people get so aggressive with each other that it, it, it's annoying to hear the horns blowing and everybody yelling at each other. And I'm thinking, what's so difficult about going around the roundabout? But thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking notice to the flowers. And, uh, you know, we we do the best we can um, with it. And uh, Nanico Garden actually provides the flowers for us. So they do a great job as well. So thank you. Well, I... I'm appreciative of, of their contributions. And, again, the work of, of the city workers, parks and recreation workers, DPW, all the city departments. And and the truth is there are a lot of people working for the city of Binghamton every day who don't necessarily get the uh, appreciation and acknowledgement that I think they deserve. I've been impressed when I see the uh, parks and recreation department people all around the city, not just downtown, but say even over at uh, Walnut Street Park, the the small parks, uh, Rec Park, our our gem on the west side, and so many other little green spaces that dot our our city. And let's face it, each one of those needs attention. Sometimes it's mowing the grass and always uh, taking care of uh, trash, collecting trash, and just uh, making routine maintenance things and, and repairs as needed so thank you yeah no problem and uh thank you bob and i hope we can get some lighting around the front street round <laughs> okay that's street. a good point and as i say i'll i'll try to call uh mr dot to see if he knows anything about that or at least can uh, ask the right people and we'll try to get an answer uh maybe in the next couple of days okay great hey, have a good day thank you
It's 957 News Radio, WNBF, serving the community. Yeah, you're saying, why do they serve the community with a real person who was born in Binghamton? I don't know, but it seems to be working. Dave in Binghamton, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, it was two guests ago. I think he said that uh, uh, they uh, President Trump tried to lower like uh, the strategic oil reserve like Biden is doing. And from my information, what I've heard on the news and stuff, uh, he tried to increase the strategic oil reserve uh, up to where it's supposed to be for a standard for emergencies and stuff at $24 a, bar- a barrel. And now it's over 100 a barrel, and your Congress controls the purse strings, and Chuck Schumer said no. Uh, from that's my information I've heard on many different news channels. That's the one thing I'd like to make a comment. Maybe wrong, maybe right, I don't know, but that's what I heard. Uh, the second thing is I am an advocate for justice and fairness and proper treatment of people. And it kind of bothers me. I don't know if you're pro-Trump. I don't care if you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump or whatever, but I keep hearing people say all the time, oh, he was impeached twice. He was impeached twice. $30 million was spent, four and a half years was spent, and they never found anything wrong. How would someone like it if they were charged with murder twice and somebody spent $30 million trying to prove that they were a murderer and they were cleared 100% and never charged, never convicted, Well, they were charged, but never convicted. And all the people recognized him by, oh, he was charged with murder. They never recognized the fact that he, and like I said, I'm emphasizing, I don't care if you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, they never recognized the fact that he was cleared, has been cleared of all charges and never... It really wasn't cleared. He just wasn't convicted. And that's unfortunately uh, an issue that happens, say, in, in criminal trials, uh, for for people say they're charged with murder, they're not found innocent. The jury's verdict would be not guilty. That d- that only means there was insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that that there was guilt. It doesn't mean the person who had been charged with killing someone didn't do it. How can they spend thirty million dollars? I don't know how they can. They did. I'm just proving, or I'm just making the point. He hasn't been exonerated. He simply wasn't convicted twice. So you know, is he innocent? Yeah, he's as innocent as you are. But you know, he was found not guilty. Sadly, he was. It pains me to say it. He was impeached twice. But if Republicans get control of the House, I bet. Joe Biden will be impeached more than that. WN. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. After a bout of fog this morning, sunny conditions for this afternoon, above average temperatures into the mid. 70s under mostly sunny skies. Currently 58 in Binghamton. A little bit of a breeze out of the west at three miles an hour. New York is taking steps to strengthen local government's ability to pursue legal action against those that pollute the drinking water. Legislation passed by the Assembly and Senate allows local water authorities to take legal action against polluters for claims that were previously banned due to the statute of limitations running out. Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul signed the legislation yesterday, clearing the way for an extension of the limit to file legal action to run 
for up to a year and a half after the date of the bill's signing. In the past, local water authorities generally could only file legal claims against companies within three years of when the misconduct or contamination occurred. Many times, harmful materials that have been released into the environment don't become evident until they travel through the soils and groundwater, only to surface at times years after the fact. The action signed this week allows local water authorities to try to recover the cost of treatment and filtration that they've had to put into place to remediate an incident of drinking water contamination. In addition, the legislation defines, defines an emerging contaminant as meaning any physical, chemical, microbiological, or radiological substance that is identified or listed as an emerging contaminant in public health law or any other law. WMBF News Time 1005. An already tight market for cars in the region may even have fewer vehicles available for sale. Following an incident earlier this week on Interstate 88, New York State Police say shortly after 6 p.m. Tuesday, they responded to I-88 West near exit 13 in the town of Oneana for a car carrier on fire. There were no injuries, but part of the trailer and some of the cargo was damaged. Supply chain shortages and lingering pandemic issues have created nightmares for people shopping for new and used vehicles in the Twin Tiers and all across the country. Even people who are looking to have repairs done to their vehicles are finding long delays as parts that used to be plentiful are now hard to come by. New York State Police did not indicate how many vehicles on the carrier were lost or damaged. They did say the fire was located primarily around the passenger rear axle. The unnamed driver was said to be from South Wales, New York, which is near Buffalo. Authorities have not provided the name of the trucking company or whether the cargo was bound for the Oneonta area or elsewhere. The right lane of Interstate 88 near exit 13 was closed for about three and a half hours. WMBF First News Time 1007. The U.S. Department of Justice is expanding its efforts to protect senior citizens from scams. The department has announced the Transnational Elder Fraud Strike Force is adding 14 additional U.S. attorney's offices. That includes all of the attorney's offices in seven states, including New York. The department is also working with domestic and foreign law enforcement agencies. In addition, the department continues to do its best to get any funds lost that are back to the elder fraud victims. The U.S. Department of Justice reports that since September 2021, just under 550,000 fraud victims were notified that they would be eligible to receive a payment. One of the most prevalent of the scams targeting older people is the so-called grandparent scam, where the criminal calls pretending to be a grandchild in trouble or a law enforcement official claiming a relative is in trouble and needs money immediately. Other scams involve fake sweepstakes winnings, mass marketing campaigns, claims the victim owes money for taxes, fines, or traffic tickets, or even just bad neighbors or contractors taking advantage of the trust of an older person. If you or someone you know is over the age of 60 and has been a victim of financial fraud, help is available by calling 1-833-372-8311. The Southern Tier Independence Center is looking for some crafty people to help with a new fundraising effort. Stick is holding its first annual holiday craft fair, benefiting people with disabilities. And that's going to be happening on November 5th. But right now, the group is looking to sign up artisans that want to sell their wares at the event. Crafters are being sought through October 14th. Space is $50 for one booth, $80 for two booths. 
And according to the flyer, that the event will include the booths for crafters for not only crafts, but also art, jewelry, handmade gifts, baked goods, holiday items, and more. And the November 5th event will also feature children's activities, basket raffles, a 50-50. The craft fair will run on the 5th of November from 10 a.m. through 3 p.m. on at 135 East Frederick Street. For information on signing up as a crafter, go to www.stic-cil.org. WMBF Newstime, 1009. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecasts mostly sunny, unseasonably warm today, high in the mid-70s. Gradually becoming partly cloudy tonight, a 30% chance of showers and a low around 50 Tomorrow, quite a bit different temperature, 10 degrees colder, mainly showers in the midday, 40% chance of rain, partly sunny, a high in the mid-60s. Saturday, even colder, partly sunny, a high only in the mid-50s. Sunday, mostly sunny, a high in the upper 50s. And for the holiday on Monday, partly sunny and a high near 60. Currently, it's 58 in Binghamton. It's 10-12, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Hour number two, if you want to call in, 607-772-1290. It's Bob Joseph. Sweet dreams are made. Good, good, good morning to you. If I if a need to call, then do it. Do it now. 607-772-1290. Uh, death in the U.S. radio family. Uh, WABC Radio. Station in New York City. It's... Um, Pretty much the WNBF of New York City. They are news talk. Um, some of the same shows and types of programs on WABC that you hear here in Binghamton on WNBF. Well, the announcement came just a short time ago that the legendary New York City radio host Bernie McGurk, Bernard McGurk, has died. He was 64. He was battling prostate cancer. And he died last night, surrounded by members of his family at a hospital. And he had worked, according to the New York Post, on the air in New York City since 1986. He had been the executive producer of Imus in the Morning with uh, Don Imus. Things were always pretty interesting with Don Imus, of course. At one point, Don Imus went completely off the rails, but what can you do? What can you do? Maybe it was all that pressure of being on MSNBC as well as on the radio. At any rate, 
Bernard McGurk, who had been the sidekick with Don Imus for many years. He has died. And we send our condolences to his family and friends and also to his colleagues at WABC in New York City. Let's take some calls, shall we? John in Binghamton, good morning. Hi, Bob. I called you a couple of days ago, and uh, I wanted to re-clarify what my point was. There was two points from that call on Monday. One was, you know, the astounding uh, announcement up in the town of Clay and comparing and contrasting what we're doing down here, Uh, and particularly the county executive, uh, Ryan McMahon, who makes $7,000 less than we are paying Jason Garner uh, for running a budget that's three times the Onondaga County budget and, of course, uh, two and a third times the population. If you watched Ryan McMahon, on even on the COVID briefings, and Jason Garner, uh, and they're roughly the same age, uh, I think you see a person with great ability versus a person with limited ability. Now, that, that people might not like that, but that's, that's my take. Now, as far as people will call and they'll say they're for Trump. Now, there's nobody. There's nobody that's for Trump more than me. Uh, and what I'm disappointed is, is you have people who think uh, that Republicans are on Trump's side. And they're not. These are rhinos. You know, we had Richard Hanna, uh, a guy that got the Planned Parenthood Champion Award. The folks in Shenango County, uh, Clifford Crouch, a champion of Planned Parenthood. Yet these people somehow were attracting conservative voters. So what I'm telling you is uh, Mayor David right there with Savante uh, Myrick, uh, these people are taking the local Republican vote for granted. Well, you're making it sound like Rich David is uh, one of the members of Progressive Leaders of Tomorrow. Come on, man. Uh, Well, I can't think of anything. Uh, Well, ask him about – he's running for state office, right? Uh, Uh. State controls the educational system. Ask him about critical race theory. Is is he for it? Is he concerned? Ask him about this one. There is a center in downtown Binghamton. It's been open for a few years that invites 13-year-olds to come in there and talk about uh, gender uh, uh, switcheroos. Uh, 13-year-olds. 13-year-olds. This is in their website. It's a mysteriously funded operation. Uh, a so-called drop-in center where minors can go and discuss uh, uh, changing their gender. Now, uh, where does Rich David stand on this? Where does Sophia Resonetti stand on this? And I'll tell you where they stand on this. Rich David raised the Pride banner with three kids that were under age 12. So what does that tell you about him? Look, all I'm saying to you is this. And uh, my fellow Republicans, my fellow conservatives, it's time that we took this party back. And uh, just because, oh, I'm a conservative. Well, you are, 
well, let's talk about the issues. Uh, are, are, are these people pro-life? What's their position on being pro-life? And why is Molinaro and Rich David running away from the Republican Party? Their ads say absolutely nothing about being a Republican or being a conservative. So these people stole the nomination. For, and I don't care whether it's 40 percent of the vote. If that's the vote you get, that's the vote you get. But with these people, they can't be trusted. And then one one final point. You know, I come from an era where there were giants uh, around. Political people were giants. They were bigger than life. I'll mention two of them from New York, Jacob Javits and Kenneth Keating. You know, Kenneth Keating got out of the University of Rochester at age 19. At age 19, uh, he was accomplished on many levels, including uh, being a high school teacher, uh, being a town attorney, uh, being a, a judge. Uh, Jacob Javits, uh, you know, I mean, these were towering figures. Yeah, but remember, Jacob Javits wound up running on the Liberal Party after the legendary... <laughs> Town Supervisor Al, Mr. Pothole, uh, D'Amato, won the nomination. So there. Well, uh, Javits was ill with ALS. I know. And that was the, uh, at that time. I, and that, yeah. And I, I have to say about Senator Javits, he was the first U.S. Senator I ever interviewed. And at that point, indeed, his his health was um, was failing. But but yeah, to your point, we used to we used to have uh, just my memory when I first became a reporter um, some time ago. Yeah, we had we had senators like Jacob Javits, Pat Moynihan. I mean, we didn't have and nothing against. Now I have to be careful I, because I will put. I was going to make a reference. I wasn't going to mention her because I don't want people to th you know, take it the wrong way. But, yeah, good point. You know, let's face it, uh, Senator Gillibrand is no Pat Moynihan, and she's no, she'll never be confused for Jacob Javits. But, but by the same token, I was going to mention, same with Chuck Schumer. I mean, Chuck Schumer, for all, obviously he's apparently beloved by many in New York because he keeps winning. But that doesn't mean he's he's in the same league as Jacob Javits or Pat Moynihan. Well, well one last point on conservatism versus liberalism. Uh, we had two mayors, Juanita Crabb, 12 years, Rich Bucci for 12 years. Rich Bucci was supposed to be a Republican conservative. Juanita Crabb, I guess, was, was a Democrat, maybe a centrist Democrat. I don't know. She got money from Emily's List when she ran for Congress, so maybe she was uh, a left-wing Democrat. But here's the point. Juanita Crabs, 12 years, $30 million in debt, and uh, maybe $4 million off the books with the hotel that she built. But she did build the stadium and the hotel. Rich Bucci took that $30 million worth of debt. He's supposedly the Republican conservative and made it, after 12 years, $90 million. And he didn't build anything. So, you know, that's a, in fact, we lost bridges. And one last point, and this is a very important point. If you look at the plan for the Memorial Street Bridge, it's an absolute disaster uh, as far as snow removal and, a, and, and slowing down the traffic. And when we lost the South Washington Street Bridge, that was 300000 to bring that back. 
motor vehicle bridge, and city council and Mayor Bucci were against it because they said, oh, that's too much money. We've spent more than 300000 uh, keeping that a footbridge. If they think that this Memorial Street thing is going, it's going to be a complete, absolute, 100% nightmare. And this is what you get when you put a juvenile like Cram with no resume at the head of the city. It's, it, it is beyond belief that you would even consider that type of idiocy. Thank you, John, for your observations. 1023 WNBF. More calls more often. Bob Joseph in the radio cage till noon when it will automatically be unlocked. And then I'll be going around the triple cities asking a few questions, reporting on the human condition. Andrea from Endwell, good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, I am registered Republican, and I have already voted because I'm a very... Um, not mobile senior. Okay, so I voted straight Republican, as my dad always did, but I'm a moderate. Are there any moderate Republicans out there that would like to come forward, and who will we go for for president? That's my question. Oh, that's a great question. Or comment. I think so, yes. And I'm pro-choice. Pro-choice. Okay. (laughs) And and that's, by the way, I I suspect there are many Republicans in New York State like you who are pro-choice and also hopeful that the party can nominate someone who's moderate and therefore electable. And, dare I say, this sounds so corny, but a Republican who, say, January 20th, 2025, could seriously work to reunite this country. Bring bring Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, independents, Bring everyone together and yeah. and help us as a nation to move forward. I agree. We look terrible. We look terrible to ourselves, very depressed and divisive to the world. And the world doesn't trust us as an ally, I've been told, by my friend from Portugal. And they don't trust Americans and they don't trust the English. But, you know, that's another aside, as they say. And also the Rod Sterling Memorial statue, is that still... I think he was wonderful. So is that anything of a possibility still? Or It is. Dead in the water? Okay. It is. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised that they they start work on that next year at Rec Park. Super. Okay. I would love that. I would be happy to, to give to them. Will there be something in the newspaper or? Well, not in the newspaper, but at WNBF.com. Do you ever look at our website for news? Well, I'm getting the promotional Sunday paper now oh, <laughs> for a well, while. Okay. Well, look. Look in the newspaper. Maybe maybe they'll do it. Uh, okay. I mean, th- you know what? Somebody told me that the people at the newspaper listen to this program. So sometimes, well, since, I do. Yeah, I think a lot of people do, and I think I think the people at the newspaper sometimes make note of some of the topics brought up by the callers. So they might put that on on their list, and maybe that. That I'll tell you this, mm-hmm. Andrea. That would make a beautiful, beautiful Sunday front page. Now, maybe it can't be this Sunday because, heck, heck, the stories for this Sunday have already been written. But, say, in the next week or two, if they can uh, get uh, a present Sun Bulletin reporter to do uh, a status report on the plan for the... Well, it could. Hey, I'll I'll be a correspondent. I I would gladly, because I was born in Binghamton and I love... 
everything mm-hmm. about Binghamton. And I um, do too. I, I'm very happy that Rod Serling lived here for a few of his uh, younger years. So he I would on the map. Yeah, 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 and I, I, I would put together a great, great update on the plans for that beautiful statue in Rec Park right. if, if, if the president's on bulletin. I do want to give, and you know, he could have done voiceovers. He had the greatest voice. He did. It was so dramatic, and you know, he was, he was so Allen. talented. Appreciate your call. Hope we hear from you again, Andrea. Oh, thank you. Okay, bye bye. Ten twenty seven WNBF WNBF dot com. Matt from Binghamton. Good morning. Yes, how are you doing? Good. I'd like to echo the caller that just called about having, you know, back to the old days when we had reasonable people on both sides of the aisle and a real choice between, uh, you know, that people could get behind them, uh, you know, with feeling good about it. And I don't, that's what I think what she's talking about is this extremism has uh, just turned a lot of people off and they would, like they'd harken back to the old days when, like John said, there were giants who, uh, you know, cared about what was going on in our country and didn't just play the tribe, tribalism culture wars thing. Anyway, the other thing I called about was the gentleman who uh, said that there was all the money we spent on impeachment. Look, it's very important to document what uh, hap- has hap- happened during the Trump administration. Contrary to what he says, yes, there was no conviction. There was no impeachment. There never has been. Uh, um, Richard Nixon left because when he was in there, there were those moderate people who were saying, telling him, you got to go. He was going, he would have been the first president to be impeached, but he got out before he was. So, but since we have such a, just because we have uh, these sides now that are so polarized, doesn't mean when a president uh, who does what he did regarding r- Russian collusion in the in the, um, in the election. And if you read if you read anything, these people say just because he wasn't impeached, he didn't do anything wrong. That's not the case. That the reason we have impeachment is to document what he did wrong, how he was cozying up to the Russians, how he cozied up to Putin the whole time. And now, look, I mean, just imagine if this guy was president now. Um, I think that was very important what came out during the first impeachment and very, very important, what, including the, you know, the hearings that are still ongoing to document this so if we want to save our democracy, we have a chance to save our democracy because these things will be scrutinized in the future. People want we have a duty to history, to uh, to our to our you know to our whole legacy to document when we have such illicit things going on by a president. Uh, so even though we spend a lot of money on it, sometimes you have to spend money to make sure that people don't forget. It's an investment. It's an investment in America's future. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a small price to pay for democracy. Right. And uh, you know, if, if if he didn't do what he did, if, if we didn't have look at how I mean, just people just seem to forget how many people in a very short period of time, uh, all the people who 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 were imprisoned, who eventually were pardoned. Uh, um, what's the guy's name that was uh, 
the guy was really cozy up with the Russians that went to jail and got pardoned. Manafort. Um, uh, but anyway, there's just so many, so many issues that needed documentation, that needed hearings, that needed um, to be exposed. And I would say a lot more was exposed from those hearings than we we all know. If you listen to the to the Republicans when they did the whole Hillary thing uh, about um, Benghazi, that they knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, of course they did. And, you know, that whole thing, I think, with Hillary and Benghazi, that just struck me as mainly partisan political theater. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Bye. 1031 WNBF, com. Bob Joseph here with a microphone and a telephone so far. Both are working on this Thursday morning. Number is 607-772-1290. Listening to News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available for free on the WNBF app. And Matthew... For that, uh, Ron in Binghamton, good morning. Bob, your bumper music makes me want to put on a Donovan tape. <laughs> and stand by for that. Coming up in less than 10 minutes on Love Radio 1290. Okay. Your, your um, remark a, a while ago on unity, a national unity, uh, you, you have hoped that we could find someone who could bring us together instead of uh, as we are being so cut down the middle 50-50 in this country. Um, I watch a program that I wanted to recommend to anyone listening and to you, Bob. Uh, I found it on YouTube. YouTube is just great. You find everything on there. And I bumped into a program that is a British program. Uh, It's called The Big Questions. You can find it on YouTube, BBC, The Big Questions. It's a fantastic show in which uh, the host, uh, Nikki Campbell, brings together people, a large group of people, experts, regular folk uh, on issues of morals, ethics, immigration, all sorts of things. And they openly, uh, in this forum, debate it, kick it back and forth. 
folks are articulate, interesting, and I love the show. It's, uh, we don't have anything like that in, in the U.S. I don't know why, but uh, uh, BBC, the big questions. And when they're discussing things, they often refer or allude to the United States and uh, point out that so many people in the United States are easily persuadable uh, by folks uh, who are populist demagogues, uh, people who speak to our you know, lowest common denominator prejudices and such. They always refer to that. Of course, the English tend to be kind of haughty, but they, uh, they're pointing out something. And I, I wonder, Bob, the question is, how can we unite a nation, uh, 330 million people, when about 45%, it's estimated about 45% of the people in the United States don't uh, believe that the Earth is 6,000 years old and they don't believe in evolution. Uh, to me, that makes uh, that electorate ripe for a populist Democrat, uh, demagogue like Donald Trump, uh, who has them in his back pocket as his base. Uh, I, I, I compare the English population, which is much more sophisticated and knowledgeable, and they don't uh, believe in the numbers that we have in this country to things that are antiquated and, you know, totally gone. Ev Evolution is a is a is a fact. It's a fact like gravity, and people still call it a theory. There are people who, you know, go to the Ark adventure in Kentucky, uh, the Noah's Ark thing, and believe that this Earth is six thousand years old. I don't know that we can unite a nation with that many people believing such odd things. Well, I mean, you can't outlaw dumbness. I mean, excuse me, you can't uh, you can't get people to agree to everything that's been scientifically proven. Come on, man. But Bob, this this reflects in the uh, in important issues like what gets taught in schools. You've got these 45% of the population who want creationism taught on an equal level with evolution and uh it it put it's going to put us behind uh china and be behind other countries our competitors who uh, are scientifically oriented we talk you mean people who have education systems that focus only on the truth focus on evidence yeah, reality. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly when it comes to scientific issues and and certainly some theories, things can be up for discussion as uh, research continues to make progress. But you're suggesting to me almost that the United States in 2022 is uh, leading the pack in the race to the bottom. Well, here's the thing, Bob. If you have uh, ideas about science, uh, such as that the Earth is 6,000 years old, uh, you, you are 
uh, you know, you can have your own faith in that. You could believe that, but uh, it's not evidence. You can have your own beliefs, but you can't have your own facts. Science is involved uh, with facts, and it's open-ended. Any great scientist will tell you there are things still that we don't know. But when you talk to the people in this country who are, for example, for creation science, they know the truth. Uh, my, my maxim is, you know, befriend people who are seeking the truth. Beware of those that have found it and who have found it and believe in things which are uh, uh, scientifically untenable. So I don't know how you bring together uh, a country uh, where you've got people who are unscientific. Uh, these issues, uh, the, these beliefs uh, bleed into the issues we're talking about, what gets taught in the schools, abortion, uh, any number of issues uh, are uh, informed by what people believe. Do you believe in facts, evidence, and science, or do you believe in uh, myths? Kellyanne Conway believes in alternative facts, and I think a lot of other Americans, obviously not the majority, but the silent minority, may actually believe. There might be 22% of adult Americans who believe in alternative facts, Ron. Well, alter, alternative facts, of course, is a is a uh, an oxymoron, some misnomer. A fact uh, is uh, there are no such things as you can't say true facts. That that's uh, superfluous. Uh, it's like saying very unique true fact. A fact is a fact, and the, the facts and evidence uh, lead us to progress. Uh, the uh, the belief in antiquated uh, systems and myths take us back. Uh, don't, do not let us go forward. Um, so, I, I, again, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm kind of railing against people who uh, stand there and talk about, for example, I mean, the Earth, we found out that the Earth goes around the sun, not vice versa. It's not flat. Uh, and evolution is real. Uh, and and we've got a fight on our hands now in the schools as to whether, and not, not so much in New York State, although there are folks in New York State who would like to see creationism taught in the schools. And uh, you know how do you, how do you how do you come together when people are so far apart in what they uh, how, what they critically believe, what they critically understand. Interesting. Interesting uh, observations. I appreciate it. And also thank you for uh, helping me to recall the, the good old days when Kellyanne Conway was actually being interviewed on live NBC TV. Chuck, I mean, if we're going to keep referring to our press secretary in those types of terms, I think that we're going to have to rethink our relationship here. I want to have a great open relationship with our press. But look what happened the day before, talking about falsehoods. We allowed the press spray to come, the press to come into the Oval Office and witness President Trump signing executive orders. And uh, of course, you know, the Senate had just confirmed General Mattis and General Kelly to their two posts. And we allow the press in. And what happens almost immediately? A falsehood is told about removing the bust of 
Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Of office. That, no, this is the, the legendary Kellyanne Conway. She was speaking, speaking to Charles Todd at NBC News. Negative. No, that it's okay. No, excuse me. Oh, no, 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 no. That reporter was writing to on behalf of the press pool. That that falsehood got spread three thousand times before it was corrected. Excuse me. It does not excuse, and you did not answer the question. I did you, answer no, your question. No, you did not. You did yes, not answer did. the question of why the president asked the White House press secretary to come out in front of the podium for the first time and utter a falsehood. Why did he do that? It undermines the credibility of the entire White House press office no, on day don't one. Be so, don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, You're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts. <laughs> and so it goes. 1046. Alternative facts? Mm, nah. This is Bob Joseph. We'll stick to the real facts and your opinions. Coming up, 607-772-1290. This is News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Always available on the free WNBF app. Did you know that? News Radio 10. Good morning. Morning, Bob. Nice sunny day. Oh my, seventy degrees. Holy cow! I know. <laughs> I love Philadelphia it. sales. Oh boy, it's great. But uh, looking out the window now, and trains moving and everything. And what uh, Philadelphia sales? We used to park in that parking lot, and me and uh, seven of my siblings would have enough money to pay for that popcorn. I mean, you open the door as soon as you walk in and you can smell that popcorn like like Beverly says, you know, and uh, and they had everything. It was like a candy store, you know. I, I can't forget about that one. Oh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, and and the guy, you know. the guy who used to live under the steps there? Remember oh, him? yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they ought to bring back Philly sales. You know, if they want to, if they want to really yeah. fix up the Oakdale Mall, enough of this chicken fillet and House yeah, of Sport. Get me, get me a two hundred thousand square foot Philadelphia sales for the twenty first yeah. century. Give me and the popcorn. The door, smell that popcorn. I want the full experience. I want the guy. The guy who lives under the stairs. I want the popcorn in oh. giant buckets. I want it all. And they had everything. You know, it was just fantastic. Those were the days. Those were the days. All right. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing the memories. Those were the days. Bring back Philadelphia sales. Make it bigger, better, bolder. 
That's what I say. Joe from Ithaca, good morning. No play with Elytrix. That's what uh, Greater Joe, uh, Joe of Greater Ithaca's grandfather from Czechoslovakia would tell him, but he didn't listen. I've been playing with electricity for over 70 years. Uh, the did you ever Did you ever meet Ready Kilowatt? Oh, yes, I have. I have with that. Why did he always have that spit-eating grin? Well, he's making money. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. I should have known. Yeah. That's why they took it down. They had a giant, like, 200-foot-tall uh, Ready Kilowatt on the side of the NYSEG building on the parkway when I was a kid, and then they took it down, and I think that's the exact reason, because people were starting to understand that the reason for that silly grin was they were raking in the bucks they uh they they had a little pin and i may i had or may still have who knows i can't find anything anymore or already kilowatt pin but the uh what it was is you have to pay so much you know to to use that symbol because it was a you know just just like any you know uh what do you call it it was a Made up. It didn't belong to Nike. Right. It it had to be licensed. It had to be licensed. So they had to pay for it. So instead, I guess they decided to put their name on the stadium there. So. Yeah, and then they took that down. Yeah, well, that costs money too. Yeah. You know, so there you go. Well, anyway, I'm shocked. I'm utterly did shocked. Did we ever get an a- Did we ever get an answer on a fixed rate electric? No, I I didn't. But I was hoping okay. more people would call in about it. I will. I will try to provide that. The uh, the there's less than like NYSEG doesn't provide a, a, a fixed rate anymore. You can get a fixed rate, but of course you're going to pay somewhat more for it. And uh, you can get online and you could see who's got a fixed rate and how much it is and for how long and all that. But typically here, looking looking at the best uh, variable rate right now, it's like six cents a kilowatt hour. The uh, and if and the variable rates goes to about nine cents and then the fixed fixed thing is like 11 cents 11 i don't know if it goes up to 12 cents 13 cents 13 and a half, let's see the highest 15 cents and so on it's just like uh buying insurance you know you uh do you want to do you want to buy insurance for the for the motor in your car breaking or something like that and uh, that's what it comes down to is taking the risk well every everything you do there's a well not everything almost everything you do there's uh, an element of risk and there's always a test and every everyone has a different threshold for risk and how much they want to gamble so if you want to if you want to not gamble then pay the higher rate and you'll know that it won't go beyond that for whatever term you you choose. Except that's still a gamble too, because what if the, what if it turns out, probably against all odds, that the um, variable rate stays fairly low? And that's the thing—you never know. We don't know what we don't know. <clears throat> well, that that's right. But I mean, it's up to you to choose. It's just like if you don't get extended warranty on your car, and uh, well, suppose you got it and nothing happened. Well, you spent your or. or fire insurance on your home you spend money on fire insurance and nothing happens you didn't get your money's worth right yeah appreciate your call i've got news coming up thank you that's our report from greater ithaca with joe more calls coming right up on this thursday morning keep calling and i'll keep answering bob joseph on wnbf hi i'm Lewis. 
It is Thursday morning. I am Bob Joseph. I plan to stick around for another hour of interesting and unpredictable conversation here on News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Mostly sunny for today, unseasonably warm with temperatures into the 70s. And then we have a cold snap headed our way with temperatures high tomorrow, about 10 degrees colder. Cortland County Sheriff's officials say they have arrested a town of Solon man on accusations he sexually abused a child last year. 30-year-old Jason Riley was arrested October 2nd and charged with felony criminal sexual act and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child in connection with alleged sexual contact with a juvenile between the months of June and September of last year. A news release from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office does not reveal if there was one or several alleged incidents of inappropriate contact suspected during that time. Riley was arraigned on Monday and released on his own recognizance. He's been ordered to appear in town of Solon Court a little bit later on this month. Construction crews are busy with another railroad bridge project on a heavily traveled Broome County street. Workers from the L.C. Whitford Company of Wellsville have started a rehabilitation job at a bridge that carries Norfolk uh, Southern Railway tracks over the Brandywine Avenue in Binghamton. The rehabilitation project is focusing on the crumbling bridge supports. The railroad bridge itself is not being replaced. The shoulder of the roadway between Henry and Eldridge Streets will be closed while the work is underway. Officials with the project say the construction operations in the upcoming days could affect the flow of traffic in the work zone, but there is not expected to be any need for a detour. Drivers are urged to slow down and use caution while traveling through that work area. A tradition that has marched through the center of downtown Binghamton for over 60 years is set to step off again on Monday. City officials have announced the details of the annual Columbus Day Tournament of Bands competition and parade and the Italian Festival. Mayor Jared Cram says there will be a half dozen schools from the region competing for trophies in marching precision, music, drum major, and color guard categories. The day begins with the raising of the Italian flag at 9 a.m. Monday at the Binghamton City Hall with a performance by Tri-Cities opera singer Kyrie LeBorn. The parade that is traditionally a chance for candidates for political office to be seen at the start of the procession starts at 10 a.m. near the intersection of Main and Arthur Streets west of Binghamton High School. In addition to the high school marching units and politicians, local Italian fraternal organizations, police and fire agencies take part along with local sports teams, antique vehicle clubs, and other groups. First District Binghamton City Councilman Giovanni Scaringi is this year's Grand Marshal. The high school marching bands are judged as they pass the reviewing stand on Court Street between Water Street and Gorgeous Washington Street. The parade ends at the Courthouse Lawn. That's at the Roundabout downtown. Motorists should take note that Court Street will be closed prior to the parade. Side streets are also closed off in the neighborhood around the Binghamton High School for the parade staging. There will be pauses in traffic on side streets off Court Street during the parade. Also, don't forget Water Street is closed off for the street festival, and that most likely will start on Sunday night or very early Monday morning, and that is between Court Street and Henry Street. 
Johnson City School District is looking for people interested in helping to form diversity, equity, and inclusion policy in the schools. According to the district website, JCCSD and the Equity Leadership Group are looking for applicants from the area to join the new steering committee. The notice from Superintendent Eric Ray says that the committee will explore factors and raise potential issues that may contribute to inequities while determining suggested approaches to implement positive change. The information gathered and recommendations will be submitted by the steering committee to the superintendent and the board of education. The team will serve for the 2022-23 school year. The final task force is to have between 12 and 20 members and will consist of Johnson City School District faculty, staff, students, and parents. District officials say the goal is to ensure every child in the district has a chance to excel no matter what their social, economic, physical, or mental status. The information and applications can be found at www.jcschools.com. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly sunny today, a high in the mid-70s, gradually becoming partly cloudy overnight tonight. Still a 30% chance of showers and a low around 50. Partly sunny on Friday, a 40% chance of showers, a high in the low 60s. And Saturday, mostly sunny and a high only in the mid-50s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Another hour with Bob Joseph. 607-772-1290 is the number. If you'd like to talk, I'll listen and also offer a few of my thoughts on WNBN. Start the hour off with DJ from Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. You know, I've been hearing about a lot of people talking about Google and YouTube. Hey, let's Google this. Carbon dating is wrong. Google that. Was that on Tinder? Prove it wrong. Was that on, on the Tinder app? Carbon dating? <laughs> yeah, the Earth's going to be Tinder one day. But um, and the Earth is at six thousand. The dude earlier made a mistake. It's ten. It's around ten thousand years old. Because carbon dating has been proven wrong. And I, I can't believe that these people, they, people don't, well, I can't believe people. You know, Bob, they're exiting out of the public, the, the, I call it the government school system, or as our friend used to say, public school system, by the droves, Bob. Well, they should support, my, my thought is they ought to support the public schools, uh, more public education, and support uh, the Binghamton City School District, Johnson City, Vestal, Union and a cop, Maine and well, Whitney Point. The public schools are doing great work, but with your support, they can do better. And, uh, yeah, you know. They could do a lot better if people would start supporting them more. So if, if you show your support is, for our educators, they can do better work. I think the reason people are exiting out is because they're not just, well, the, the, the root is obviously, obviously, to anybody who's, you know, uh, has a is a thinking person, because 
prayer and Bible came out of the schools, but evolution is man making a monkey out of himself. Bob, they found, I'll repeat that for, for those who are... You're talking uh, about man making a monkey out of himself? Yes. What the heck what does that mean? Is. What the heck? It means, it means when you look at that, there's an old, there was an old poster that used to be in stores, you know, Cro-Magnon man and Neanderthal man and goes down the list. And that's what evolution is, Bob. They found a bone. Listen to this. Oh, I don't want to talk. Let's let's move on to something else. How about those Padres? Don't you think they're going to sweep the Mets? Oh no, Mets versus the Yankees. Mets are going to win. Somebody called them the Skankies. <gasps> the Mets are going. I'll win. have none of that. <laughs> I'll have none of that. Thank you. Be nice. Be nice. Remember, remember what they said. Be nice. Well, listen, here's the thing. I want to make this point, though, real quick. It's not about evolution. Don't don't get back well, on evolution. No, this is this is not a show where we're going to go talking about right. the evolution. I understand. Well, about the four rivers over in uh, the four rivers over in the, in the Middle East, and two of them are called the Paishan and the Gaihan. And here's the thing that I discovered when I was in college. The Paishan and the, and the Gaihan or Gihan rivers are still over there. You've lost my interest. And by the way, the evolution will not be televised. I mean, let's talk about something. Let's talk. Come on, man. Let's talk about something no. important. What about Joe Biden? I don't want to talk about, about. I want to talk about stuff happening in the greatest country in the history of the world, the USA. Well, let's talk about all, something happening today in this country. Come on, DJ. Work with First me. First of all, this is this is supposed to be the people show, and we're supposed to be able to give our opinion. I don't know where you got that. This isn't the people show. This is Bob yeah. Joseph's show. Oh, come on. Come on, man. You're such a liberal. Come on, man. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a liberal, and I represent that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like no, in, in all seriousness, no, in all seriousness, it's it's my program, and I'll if if I don't want to hear about evolution or something going on in a far no, no, off land. Bob, I changed it. This isn't about revolution. I'm Let's talk about, about something education. going on right here in Binghamton. Focus on something going on in Binghamton today. Those listen, those two rivers are still over there, so we couldn't have come from monkeys in Africa. Because they're not in that, they're in Israel. Those two rivers are, are in Israel, not Africa. So that's my point. Well, and then All they right, closed down Dos Rios. They closed down Where Dos Rios. There's my point. Yesterday at the uh, sheriff's open house, I didn't see you. I didn't see. Why would I be at the sheriff's open house? I've been there before. I've lost track of how many times. I've been over there so many times. I've lost track. I I was just up there uh, talking with Sheriff Harder. I think about two weeks ago. Well, a little, maybe uh, maybe three weeks ago when they were. Oh no, it was actually about a month ago. It was early September when uh, the uh, new gun rules were about to take place or go into effect because they had huge crowds up at the pistol permit office. So I was just up there uh, four weeks ago. You know, speaking of that, I was at a restaurant around there uh, uh, eating, and this guy walked up to me, Bob. And he said to me, can I ask you a question? I'm like, whoa, out of the blue, right? Can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, I was curious about something. Why did you just bow your head before you ate that food? And I said, well, I was giving thanks, you know, for my food. He said, oh, I don't do that. He said, I just, I just eat it. And I said, yeah, my dog does that too. 
Wow. That's kind of harsh. Hey, respect everybody's choices. Respect every person's choices. You can make your choices, and he can make his choices. It's 1116. That's my personal philosophy about that. Not everybody believes the same as you or I, and that's okay. Sounds like some sort of failed Saturday night bit. That's okay. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Vinny from Binghamton. Oh, jeez. All right. More of this. Okay. Go well, for you know, go for it, man. No. How, how you doing, Vinny? I, I, I'm doing good, Bob. You know, I tell you, I was going to call in and continue my, my um, uh, 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 observation from yesterday and the gas prices in OPEC, but I, this caught my eye, and I love it. With Joe Biden down there in Florida on the hot mic with a Florida official, no one apps with a Biden. I he was it. blunt. That I think that was the dark Brandon we keep hearing about. He's <laughs> he proved in in that one hot mic moment. He proved in mm-hmm. in a millisecond that he is the Scranton guy, and nobody yep. nobody is going to mess with him. And if, if anybody was offended, and let's face it, nobody really was offended because everybody listening has used that word at one time or another. Hey, I, I think I've, I've heard of families where, where kids, the first word that the uh, girl says is that. And it's like, yeah, that's it's lost its oh, shock value. It's lost that. its shock value. And it's just – but, but yeah, he, he made, I think, a valid point. And I, I'm – under the impression he knew that Mike was on, I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think he was oblivious to the fact that he was miked. Every president out in public knows that the mics are on and everybody's listening to everything he says. Hey man, that, that's an old man in a hurry, man. I love it. I, I, I read where the mayor down there, well, uh, Ray Murphy. Oh, he laughed. Sure, everybody laughed. And and everybody, I mean, just because we can't say it on the radio because we're regulated by the Federal Communications Commission and they would fine us severely, it doesn't mean that the FCC commissioners weren't laughing, too. They were probably laughing uproariously when they heard it, but they also said, but radio and TV stations don't broadcast that because we need the money. And if you broadcast the President of the United States speaking from the heart, we're going to fine you because we need the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I, I just had to call because I lost it because I just talked about that a few days ago. About yeah, when, it was when they were in the it debate. was powerful. It was special. And by the way, for those who are putting on you know one of these examples of faux outrage, or as they say on cable, Fox outrage. If you're acting outraged by it, where were you when the former guy? Use language like that. It's eleven nineteen News Radio WNBF WNBF dot com. You can hear us at twelve ninety AM ninety two point one FM and of course streaming at WNBF dot com. The best Eleven twenty-one. 
News Radio WNBF WNBF.com. Call now 607-772-1290 and talk on WNBF and WNBF.com. I can't seem to face up to the facts. I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax. I can't sleep because my bed's on fire. All right, back to the phones we go. Good morning, WNBF. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Mary again from Country Town. Oh, hey, how's it going? Well, I thought I'd get back to you, but um, you were busy yesterday doing different stuff, talking about different stuff, so I thought I'd wait. All right, well, so you you had called the other day and said uh-uh. uh, the, the heat wasn't on over at the... Um, the old country town apartments, now the town and country apartments of uh, Robert Street near the old Binghamton Plaza. What's the story now? It still is an end. Um, I called up code again Monday, and um, I called the mayor Monday. And they said that they were going to get a hold of her. I said, okay. So uh, Tuesday... Um, I was getting ready to go out, get my coat on and everything to get to the doctors. And, uh, there's a knock on the door. It says maintenance. I says, uh, I didn't call maintenance. And they says, well, uh, we're here, uh, to fix your heat. I says, oh, this, I says, well, I gotta go. I says, I'll turn it on. And if I can see it, well, guess what? There, she says, well, you won't have heat. So yesterday, or, I mean, uh, I uh, tried to call the landlady and because uh, there was no heat. And because she told me that she had turned the heat on Monday. So uh, I couldn't get her. So I asked the neighbors. I said, do you guys have heat? And they said, no, we don't have heat. She said they were going to turn it on Thursday. Well... She calls me in the meantime, and she was very upset with me because I had called the mayor. Well, what did she say? What did what did she say to you about uh, contacting City Hall to talk about the lack of heat? She says I shouldn't have done that. Well, did you explain why you did it? Yes, I did. I says, listen, I says, I called Friday and complained about we had no heat and that you said you gave instructions that we were not supposed to have heat unless it was under 40. So uh, I guess they got a hold of her somehow, and they did say about under 50. So she's supposed to turn on the heat today. And today today it's nice out. That's true. Today just happens to be the warmest day of the week. Right. <laughs> so maybe she's going to turn it on tonight because tomorrow's supposed to be 50. Now, how you, I know when you spoke with us previously, you mentioned you've you've lived in the apartment complex for decades. You've been there for a long time, right? How long have you lived there? 32 years. 32 years. So typically, what has your experience been? Have you had some heating problems in in past years no never 
In fact, they turned it on sometimes in September if it was really cold. Hmm. So what do you think is going on? I don't know what's going on because she told me, you know, she says, well, we had the heat turned on Monday. And she didn't. And the neighbor says, no. So they called up the landlady yesterday, and the landlady says, oh, the whole complex will have heat Thursday. So do you think the problem could be maybe primarily with your building? Because there are a lot of buildings in the complex. So do you think this is um, maybe an isolated problem at at, uh, Town & Country Apartments? I don't know because I haven't had a chance to talk to any of the other people in the other buildings. All right. Well, maybe, yeah, I I don't know what, uh, what the explanation, well, there could be a bunch of explanations. Maybe there have had problems or who knows. But, uh, well, so at least you're hopeful tonight that the heat will be working tonight because I'm looking at the forecast, even though today is warm tonight, well, tonight won't be a good example because the temperature will only drop to about 50. But, um say friday night it'll be down into the 30s i mean for the next few days friday saturday sunday night temperatures are going to be in the upper 30s so i would hope the heat's working by then i hope so too and when and when i did call code uh they said that cam that uh, does our area he's out sick but they were gonna uh, have somebody else you know call the landlady so I don't know if they got a hold of her or not because uh, uh, when I called one time, she was out um, prowling around the uh, complex. Yeah, yesterday. well, it's a big complex. I, you know, I have to, in some ways, sympathize with with the people who are supposed to keep things in good shape because there's so many buildings and hundreds of residents. So. But that doesn't help you if you have no heat. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, Mary, uh, keep me posted. Again, since tonight is not going to get really cold, not as cold as, as some of the uh, previous nights, tonight might not be the best example, but you could still call in if you actually determine that the heat has started working in your building. You could call in tomorrow to let me know. Okay. I will do that, but I don't understand why she called maintenance unless she wanted to turn the heat on. Just in our apartment, I don't know. Yeah, hard hard to say. Who knows? Maybe I'll stop over and uh, and speak with her to try to get a better understanding of what's going on. Just like today, the, the grass is here in in the, in the area. Oh, really? She, said, she sent a, a note around yesterday that she says, uh, "Make sure everything is off the stove, and because they're going to pull this stove out and turn your gas off that way." Hmm. I said, okay. So I worked and uh, made sure everything was copacetic. So he comes here at 10 or 10, and he says, he says, oh, no, we don't have to pull your stove out. I says, really? <laughs> hmm. All right, well, keep keep in touch, and we'll we'll try to find out what, what's going on so, so people can have uh, the appropriate amount of heat on cold nights, okay? Okay, I'll do that, Bob. Thank you. You have a nice day. You too. 1129 News Radio, WNBF. Yeah, if you have uh, a situation like that, if you're living in a 
large apartment complex and you've got heating issues or other significant issues, let us know. We'll try to find out. We've spoken with residents there in the past who have various concerns. And I have a sense that it's just my opinion. I can't prove it. I think I'm over at the town and country apartment complex speaking with residents more than city officials. Could be wrong, though. Maybe maybe city officials have been keeping in touch with the residents there to try to make sure that their conditions are sufficient, that they don't have to live without heat and they don't have to endure conditions that are not appropriate. 11.30, today is Thursday. I'm here for another 30 minutes. Oh, one thing, a program note. A program note, and I'm actually very, very pleased to let you know that we'll be talking about newspapers. Newspapers, one of my favorite topics, and some listeners were talking a few days ago about Ken Tingley, who has just written a book called The Last American Newspaper. Well, Ken Tingley will be on the program on Monday mornings. Monday mornings. This Monday morning. I would like him to be on every Monday morning, but I'm not sure that he can handle that. But at least uh, this coming Monday morning, October 12th, Ken Tingley, the retired editor of the Post-Star in Glens Falls, and also his new book is called The Last American Newspaper. Oh, he has a few thoughts about what's going on in the newspaper industry. I think we'll probably wind up talking for about 30 minutes because there's much to talk about. We'll look forward to that coming up on Monday morning on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. from WNBF 92.1 FM and 1290 AM and stay connected with the free WNBF app you can hear us pretty much wherever you go if you have a decent internet connection Let's take a look at the email, see what the viewers have to say about stuff this morning. Here's a note from Mike in Port Crane. Subject line, Trump. That's what got my attention. Mike from Port Crane writes, I guess, it's another slow news day. I find it funny how Trump is still occupying space in your head. You... And other liberals have such hatred for this man that he or one of his associates is talked about daily. He had his flaws for sure, but all presidents do. How about you talk about the Bidens or the Clintons? You won't because you are a liberal. You say you are not affiliated with any party, but your comments tell a different story. 
Mike from Port Crane. Thank you, Mike. And thank you for listening. Good morning to everyone in Port Crane. The uh, beautiful and legendary Route 369. The road, (laughs) Route 369, the road to Quinneville. So anyway, allow me to respond, Mike. Uh, It is not another slow news day. Plenty to talk about. Um, Does Trump occupy space in my head? Well, yeah, I guess. I, I think that's accurate. But does he occupy space in your head? Of course he does. He occupies space in the head of every red-blooded American. Every patriotic American has him occupying some amount of space in their head because, look, the guy won't go away. He's a clear and present issue for America. Now, he would not occupy space in anyone's head if he would just go away. But he doesn't intend to go away. He intends to run for president in 2024. So we need to keep an eye on him and his minions. Here's a part that is 100% accurate in your note, Mike. He had his flaws, for sure, but all presidents do. That's true. That is absolutely 100% true. He had his flaws, for sure, but all presidents do. I agree. George Washington, even though his image is on the quarter coin, which can't buy you much of anything now, even he had his flaws. How about you talk about the Bidens or the Clintons? I talk about the Bidens almost every day. Do I want to talk about the Clintons? No. They're yesterday's news. Clinton Benghazi, Clinton and her whatever. You know, that's that's for Sean Hannity. He wallows in stuff from yesteryear that has no bearing on the present and certainly no bearing on the future of the United States of America. Hillary Clinton, William Jefferson Clinton, wagging his finger at me and getting back to work for the American people. Hey, it's history. Leave that to the historians. I'm not saying we can't talk about Bill Clinton occasionally if we want cheap laughs. But what's the point? We have to talk about some people who are trying to take over the country in the 2024 election. So, you know, don't get all high and mighty on me about how Trump is still occupying space in my head. And it's only going to get worse because now Elon Musk is going to start running the Twitters. He's taking over the Twitters. And before you know it, the former guy will be back on tweeting up a storm. And so will his out-of-control conspiracy theorists and insurrectionists. So Twitter, as much as I have come to accept it and use it on a regular basis, Twitter may no longer be a a viable platform for the thinking people in America and the world. I mean, we'll see what happens. Elon Musk talked a lot about what he would do with Twitter if he owned it. Well, it looks as though he's about to get his wish, and the problem is, if he does everything that he has threatened to do with Twitter, it's likely to get pretty darn bad.
to the point where most people, most people probably aren't going to find Twitter an acceptable platform. Will they keep checking in to see what the former guy is tweeting about? Yeah, the same way that you can't help when you go past the scene of a terrible car crash. It's human nature. You're inclined to look, even though you know you shouldn't. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Felix, and I'm calling from Endwell, New York. Good morning, Felix. I'd like to talk about donuts. Let's change the subject. Thank you. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, I have purchased and consumed donuts uh, from two different places. Uh, one of the places was in Endicott. They sell cider and donuts. I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. And uh, there's a, uh, a nice little shop out in the town of Maine that sells produce and various other things, and they sell cider and donuts. And uh, the place in Endicott uh, uh, bought a half gallon of cider and, and two donuts. Uh, cider was good. The donuts were good, but unfortunately, I paid $2.50 per donut. <laughs> I, I think that's a little steep. Uh, the place out in the town of Maine, uh, we bought uh, a nice apple pie, and, and I bought two donuts out there. Can, can you just uh, maybe take a guess on what the price was in the town of Maine, in the country? Maybe they're a little cheaper in the country. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. What what was the cost there? Well, the cost there was $0.70 cents a donut. Right. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe why the place in Endicott should and does charge $2.50. There is no donut in this world that is worth $2.50. All right. Well, then don't buy one then. But I oh. I know, because I've made several personal observations at that place on Nanakoke Avenue over the last several weeks, I know, even though the prices have been increased compared to last season, I know... And a lot of people still are buying a lot of donuts there at the higher prices. I mean, the cost for all their ingredients, and I suspect, although I can't prove it, I don't know, I suspect the cost of um, just generally doing business, power, and probably what they're paying employees has probably gone up. So as far as uh, every business makes, makes a decision on what to charge for, whether it's donuts or cider or anything else, so... In the end, in the end, ultimately, supply and demand, and if people don't like the price at a particular place, then they're free to drive wherever. If you want to drive uh, an extra 8 or 10 miles, I guess it's probably more like 7 or 8 miles, you could get what you want cheaper. I don't think it's the same, but, you know, again... Um, you know, prices. Hey, I don't like I don't like paying more than I did last year for anything. And unfortunately, fortunately, the cost of everything right now tends to be quite a bit higher than it was a year ago. That's that's true. But uh, as I say, uh, donuts from both establishments. Yeah, are- I, I know. I we we heard your comparison, and we also heard your point. And you know, to your point, if if you want to drive to some place with donuts that are cheaper you can and, and and my and my point as i said 
from making several observations. They sure seem to be selling a lot of donuts every time I go there. Oh, they are. They yeah, are. So, you know, but I, then again, remember that place, the place to which you're referring, that's a seasonal business. They're open for four months a year. Well, uh, then, then they're taking advantage of their customers. Uh, That's your opinion, but the but the point is, other businesses, including the one you referenced in Maine to the north there on Route Twenty Six, they're open year round. That's, I believe they are. Yeah, they are. And, and so again, I'm I'm not comparing business models. And let's put it this way: I, I've had donuts from that other place too. They're great. You know, I yeah. I'm just saying that. Again, when it comes to price, same with anything else. You know, I I look at my at the bill that I get every month for the newspaper. Now, percentage wise, I can't tell you how much the cost of the Press and Sun Bulletin has gone up for old timers like me who still get home delivery seven days a week, but it's gone up dramatically over the last few years for a product that is not as good as it was five years ago. And yet I still make the choice as a consumer to buy it and you know, occasionally grip my teeth and sometimes say, well, I'm not going to take it anymore, and maybe someday I'll get to that point. I mean, we all make decisions. That's cable, true. cable TV, everything, every everything we buy, we have to make a decision. Is it actually worth that amount of money at this time? I mean, look at... If you go to a professional sporting event or any other a, a concert, whatever, a place where you're sort of a captive audience and you want to buy a refreshment or a movie. So you go to a movie theater. Why, why is a movie theater charging that amount of money for a bucket of popcorn and a 28-ounce Coke? Because people are willing to pay it. Willing to pay it. That's yeah. correct. So, but anyway, to your point, I you know I I respect what you said, but I'm also trying to put some things into context. Yeah. Now, just uh, one quick note about the newspaper: we we still get home delivery. Uh, of course, Saturday and and Sunday, uh, I I take myself up to the Weiss and uh, and get the Scranton Scranton Tribune, which is an excellent paper as far as sports and everything else. So. Just a, a suggestion to anybody that wants to look at a good paper. Granted, it's from the Scranton area, but, uh, you know, a lot of national news and everything else. So it, it's an excellent... Uh, All right. Or you could get the New York Times for 6 bucks, which has a lot of news and um, other special sections, business, arts, sports, magazine, book review. I mean, so there are choices, and... I think this day and age, as much as, and you've heard the program, you know my concerns about our newspaper, so it's not as though I haven't uh, addressed the, the concerns about our newspaper. Suffice to say, I'm still happy that we have a newspaper. and I, we still, I, yeah, I guess we can, we can say that. Yeah, and because they still do have some local news content, local sports content, of course, we all wish there was more. And the local people who put out the local content wish they had more co-workers to, to put out more, more content for Binghamton area news consumers. So, you know, I think they feel as strongly as we do 
about the enterprise, but they're not the ones who make the decisions. Appreciate your call. It's 1148 Thursday morning. Bob Joseph on WNBF. WNBF on a Thursday morning. Let's go to Syracuse. Joe, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, sir. Uh, first, let me say this. I don't think you are liberal, but I don't hear you that much. Like I say, once a, tw- once a month. I, I registered in 1976 to vote. I have not missed a primary or a general election since. I'm a re- registered Republican. I do split my vote. Uh, I think the people are picking on you a little bit too much today on uh, Trump. I do think Donald Trump should go away. Like you say, he's out there. He won't go away. This past week, Hillary Clinton, there was an article in the paper, the New York Times or the New York Post or the Daily News. She's thinking about making a comeback. That's not good for their party. And I think the Democrats are going to have some trouble with the party that's there now with Biden and Harris. I don't think they want to go away. I think they want to run again. I don't know what's going to happen there. That's not good what's going on there. Well, what I think, and again, as I've pointed out, I've never been registered with a party. I don't intend to, unless I have to, if I'm running for office, which I probably never will. Otherwise, I'll remain unaffiliated for the rest of my life. But I think what would be best for both the Democratic and Republican parties for 2024 is they find some new young talent. Again, I don't want to be ageist, but I'm thinking try to find somebody promising candidates, men or women in their 40s or 50s, and give America some hope for for actually getting some things accomplished uh, as opposed to being mired with all these names that have come to be synonymous with political division. Well, it's a young man's game today, or a woman. Uh, you have to be fast on your feet. You have to be quick thinking. I'm sorry if you are an old person, a senior citizen, and you're in, you're in politics. Grassley, he's got to go away. I think they, they're just... Ms. Feinstein, they say she's got early dementia, maybe. These people are running the country, and that's not good. I agree with you. You have to get some younger talent in there. I don't care what party they're with. Laws are not too far to the left or right, but they have to, both parties have to get some new people in there. They're going to lead this country in the right direction because there's too many bad actors in this world right now. That's not good. Not good for this country. Well, Joe, I appreciate your call, and I, I hope you'll call again, and I'm glad that you listen to the program when you're able to. I, one more thing. I deal with a lot of restaurants down here on my job, and uh, you guys got some really good restaurants down here. I want to do a shout-out to the restaurants down here. We're very blessed, and in the coming weeks, you're going to hear several additional restaurants opening up here in the, the Binghamton area, and we'll keep people posted. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care, Joe. Thank you. Eleven fifty four WNBF. Martin from Binghamton. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Bob. Yeah. Yesterday's paper I see that uh, flight attendants receive more arrests. They uh, get ten hours off in between shifts, one more hour than currently, 
and um, before and now they're allowed to to uh, to work up to 14 hours in a day and get not currently they they were worked 14 hours and get nine hours of rest. So they're only getting one more hour of rest, um, and I think they should get more money. But what what I'm, I want to make an analogy is that <laughs> I've been watching uh, the old show The Wagon Train, and it's like um, they're. The main guy is called a wagon master, and he's bringing these guys from St. Joseph's, Missouri, uh, to Sacramento, California. And he has to deal with a lot of people. He has to be a psychologist, a counselor, a philosopher, whatever. And some people he has to, if they're unruly or whatever, um, and they're disrupting the whole train. I mean, they got like 150, 250 people who are coming across country. He's got to deal with them. And some of them he's got to unload in other cities. Now, um, I'm using the analogy like the flight attendants. Now, we're kind of like modern day wagon masters. They have to deal with, um, uh, you can call them flight masters. You know, they have to deal with, uh, it's their women mostly, and they have to deal with all kinds of people from all over the world. And they get uh, abused and punched and everything else. And, and But they're, they're stuck up in the air. They, you know, and hopefully you'll get some, um, good Samaritans to come to their aid once in a while, but I just think that because I had a good friend who was a flight attendant, and she told me a lot of stories, just bizarre stuff that, um, you know. But I think it's, you know, it's more dangerous too because you're up in the air and stuff. But um, I just was been watching that, and, and boy, that what a great show that was. But um, that's that's what they are. They're they they could be you know like. Well, we have a new master. I mean, the, the former guy wanted a, a master to overlook him, um, you know. So, I mean, I just think the, the flight attendants deserve maybe even more rest and more money. I agree. I agree. The other key part of their job is providing safety and security on a flight because you never know what might happen, and I mean, including mechanical problems or whatever. So... There, there is a lot to that job, and I believe they deserve more respect and more money. Appreciate your call. 1156, I'm Bob Joseph. On your side on WNBF. Mo Dick. I'm Bob Joseph. Thanks for listening to our Thursday program. Tune in tomorrow for the fascinating Friday program with a few surprises. Hope you have a great afternoon. Listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.